Each and every one of us have been called to do something specific for God's kingdom. One thing's for sure, we've been all called to preach and minister the gospel to a generation. And so I encourage you this, this morning that your ears would be open, that you would lean in to discover the great plan that God has for you and to be a part of that plan. You see, generations are in this room. Generations are crying out to us, yet to be born, and we are to prepare the way for them. We are to open our mouth and declare God's goodness. You're probably wondering where I am. I'm actually up here in the balcony. In Ephesians, it says that Jesus gave gifts unto men. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some teachers and evangelists are called to equip. Each of them are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so an evangelist would be a person who prepares us to evangelize. And so this morning, I'm making a challenge, as you can imagine, uh, as you see uh, the stage and how uh, it's set up as what direction we're going, you're probably anticipating that we're not going to go fishing on Lake Mead today, but we are going to become fishermen. And Jesus, of course, declared this in his word and told his disciples, um, who uh, many of them were fishermen, of course, but uh, he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And this morning, I want to challenge us. I came from the balcony, which this morning is empty. I believe that every empty seat in this building is a potential harvest place. I believe that every empty car seat represented in our parking lot is a potential harvest place. That we, as the body of Christ, and of course as a local church, um, are called to minister uh, to our city, two million people in our city. And uh, we know that our city has been declared the city of something else, but we call it the city of righteousness. <laughs> and the Bible says where sin abounds, what? Grace abounds. So that means that we are living in a city where there is potentially one of the most graceful anointings and powers on the planet. And uh, uh, so, so uh, I just, just wanted to... Uh, uh, bring on board, as, as we've talked about symbolism in, in the uh, uh, messages that we've been talking about. Um, and so, so the symbol, of course, that we have here is representing uh, our purpose to God is, is that we are constantly thinking about how we could bring men into this kingdom. When I say men, I'm talking about humanity, okay? Uh, so the, when the word uses the word uh, men, fishers of men, it's talking about humans. So it's not a gender, it's, it's humanity. So, so God um, wants us to be uh, sharing the gospel with all people and uh, declaring his goodness. And uh, there are different ways to do that. There are different means to do that. Praise God. And uh, so I, I'm just going to uh, set my uh, pole down here because we, we have to get ready uh, to talk about some of those different aspects um, of ministry, if you will. And uh, set that right there. Glory to God. But I do want to read a scripture to you guys this morning. 
and uh, uh, launched from there. In uh, the gospel, there's, there's the account of Jesus making that statement is in more than one place. Um, of course, in Matthew 4.19, uh, it says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, in uh, the New Living, it says, Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Uh, the passion is, is cool. It says, Jesus called out to them and said, Come and follow me, and I will transform you into men who catch people for God. And, uh, and, and uh, one of the footnotes says, um, uh, in the Aramaic, actually, fishers or actually could be hunters. Glory to God. So, so uh, everybody say, I'm a fisherman. Uh, it's really odd that my last name is Visser, which in Dutch is actually um, uh, a fisherman. And uh, so I'm like, man, I was born for this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One way or another, I'm going to get me some fish. Glory to God. <laughs> and uh, so in uh, Luke uh, chapter 5 and verse 1, we're going to look there if you want to. Uh, New Living Translation. Glory to God. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished, see, Jesus does this. You guys are thinking, well, this is weird. No, this is one of the original preaching platforms right here. If you'll notice, if you look at Jesus' messages, Jesus totally was an object lesson person. And uh, so, so I'm hoping that you guys are feeling this and, and enjoying uh, some of this because it really helps your, you to open up, to see it. Um, and uh, even touch and feel and smell all these details. Jesus was out in the elements, you realize. And uh, so when he said, spoke of faith, and he said, if you have, uh, uh, you know, this kind of faith, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed. And everybody's like, whoa, the mountain. And while he's talking, they're looking at the mountain. Something impossible to move, Right? And so here Jesus is in a boat, literally smells of fish. The dudes are cleaning their nets and preparing uh, to go out again another day possibly or maybe later that day. And Jesus is sitting there while everybody's aware of all of the elements and illustrations that he's talking about. And uh, so, so uh, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll, tell, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. Everybody say partners. And soon, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. 
When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Isn't that amazing? First, the fact that they, they're, you know, this is their livelihood, this is their living, this is how they support their families, or whatever the case may be, and especially Peter. Um, so, so, so he, initially, you're thinking, he'd be thinking, ooh, money, money, woo, come on, you guys, woohoo, money, money, money. But as soon as he realized what had taken place, his whole life was changed. The moment he recognized this is the Christ. This is the son of the living God. Nothing else mattered in so much that he fell to his knees. And when they all, all of those men, when they got to the shore, they walked away from their business, their livelihood to serve the purpose of God. Amazing, isn't it? The story is just mind-boggling. And so Jesus said, I will literally make you fishers of men. In Proverbs 11.30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. In, in uh, the footnotes of this, it says that word uh, wins actually um, is literally takes. Amen. Takes. And so uh, it, it literally means that you're grabbing hold of and bringing something. Glory to God. And uh, uh, we see uh, in, in uh, my illustration here, you know, Jesus, of course, he stepped into the boat and he is, is telling them these things from the boat. He's declaring these things from the boat. And, uh, of course, those, those men would not have had poles probably in the boat. Um, but, but as you know, there are uh, different ways to fish. This would be one-on-one -on -one evangelism, right? Praise the Lord. And I don't know if you're uh, a left-handed real person or a right-handed. My buddy here on the front, here, he, he, he just can't believe I use my left hand for this. <laughs> Any other left-handers out there? I, uh, yeah, all right. God bless you. Uh, God made just a few perfect people. The rest are right-handed. <laughs> so, so I'm not left-handed. I just fish with the same. <laughs> so, 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 so you you begin to when on one-on-one -on -one evangelism, you begin to uh, learn how to uh, fish. You learn how to uh, bring those fish into the boat. And, and, and uh, one of those skills, of course, one of the main skills I think that a fisherman has to develop is, is patience. Patience. And as a little boy, I never did like fishing because as soon as that thing hit the water, if it didn't have a fish on it, I'm, I'm done. You know, I took my little boys fishing and they, I would take them to Lorenzi Park because there has to be a backup plan for fishing. And normally within, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they are on the backup plan, on the swings, on the slides, you know. 
So we as, as believers, we have to, if we're going to win souls, uh, we're going to have to be patient. And that's why I usually bring a chair, you know, when you go fishing is because you're going to hang out, bring you some uh, pumpkin seeds, some sunflower seeds, something. Because not all the fish jump right on to your hook. Whether you're talking about um, crankbait, meaning a lure, or, or just a regular bait, a worm, or those kind of things, uh, there's going to take some time. With crankbait, of course, it's a little more action, uh, and uh, uh, we're considering, again, um, what is the fish that we are looking for? Where are we? Uh, where uh, are we going to, to stick that lure? Um, I can go out with... Uh, with uh, my brother Warren here and go out there, he could catch three fish and I just can't hold my mouth right. I just don't know what's going on. But he does it often. He's got his own boat. He does that stuff for, he's developed the ability to know how to, fast to draw that lure in and, and where to put it in between two lily pads, you know, and, and drive some largemouth bass out of its mind, you know. And, and, and oftentimes with the largemouth bass, uh, it's not even really hungry. It's just irritated. And it's not going to let that thing go by him without getting hold of it. And it'll get hold of it, and then you get hold of him. Praise God. So, so again, on one of evangelism, there's all kinds of different fish. There's all kinds of different people. There's guppies and there's sharks. Some of them will bite you. But you can't not go fishing when you've been commanded to go fishing. Literally, his, his, his first interaction with them was, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And as I said in the beginning, Ephesians chapter 4, that the evangelist gift, even pastors, are communicating the ability to do this thing that God's called you to do. And so we would um, want to begin doing it. I didn't know these things. Nobody really taught me these things. Uh, when I got born again, I was consumed with telling people about this amazing life that I had received. I didn't know you were supposed to. I just knew I couldn't shut up about it. If you care about people, I mean, I was going to hell in a handbasket, grease pole. And Jesus pulled me over. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, I've got to tell people about this. And began to share the gospel. Began to cast my lures. Began to talk to people about Jesus. Praise God. And really, the enthusiasm that you show in your testimony is so powerful. Has God helped you in any way? Has God brought life to you in some way? What has God done for you? In the book of Acts, we know the story. It says that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he will make you a witness. And then he said, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the world. Well, that just basically means, you know, in Las Vegas, in Nevada, 
in the United States of America and the world. That's what he'll do when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Interesting that Jesus' first interaction with his disciples, I'm making you fishers of men. Then Jesus said, I'm going to go send another. When he comes on you, you're going to have the power to become a witness, to become fishers of men. And so we um, uh, understand that, that, of course, one-on-one evangelism and the illustration of, uh, of being able to take people and bring them to the kingdom of God is a very powerful thing. But then there are other, uh, you know, specific things that people do and uh, different levels of, of fishing. Uh, here we have an actual net, which uh, would be what uh, Peter and... Uh, those guys were, were using was uh, nets, and uh, if you could just imagine the, the amount of fish that you can get in comparison to a pole. But what took place was interesting, you know, here they are uh, casting their, their nets into the water. Um, it, it may have looked something like this, that they uh, would gather uh, the net uh, up like this in, in one hand and, and grab a, a portion of the net this way and they may uh, take that net and uh, throw it over a certain amount of fish and uh, then um, as, as the net sinks around uh, a group of fish then they would begin to draw up and uh, we saw that... Oh, my fish is falling over. This, this up, um, this gathers around the fish and they bring them in, in so much that Peter had to call other boats. It could fill his boat. He had to get other boats. They have obviously had a bigger net. And, and uh, so, so when you start um, to win uh, massive groups of people that you can't do that by yourself. Amen. Y'all with me? So Pastor David can't win this city to God. By himself. I can't win this city to God by myself. Not even the staff, but we need everybody becoming fishers of men. And uh, so, so even, to be honest, even as small as, as this um, net may be, if this thing was full of fish, I would be having to call uh, my brother. I would say, hey, bro, Craig, can you come help me out? Can bring your boat over here. I can't get this up. I can't get this into my boat. And he comes over, jumps in my boat. We're pulling on this thing together. Next thing you know, we're, we're calling on Warren. Warren, come on, come help me. And uh, so, so as we begin to take the responsibility of, of telling people of, of the goodness of God, and listen, I, I know that, that uh, you know, sometimes we think preach the gospel. I don't believe I'm qualified. But he said in Acts chapter 2, he said, um, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, Jesus said that he will make you a witness. What is a witness? A witness defined is somebody who has seen something. Have you seen something? I would have to say if you're saved, you've seen something. You've come to church this morning. I mean, honestly, I'm pretty sure you've seen something. For you to get up and come to the 8 a.m., you had to have seen something. 
You, you got yourself together. You, you showered, put yourself together, stood in front of a mirror, however long that was, and, and got yourself beautified and, and sprayed yourself. You smelling good. And to come into the house of God and worship God. Why? It's because you've seen something. You've seen something of God that has changed you and made you who you are today. And you have something to say. You may not know where the dinosaurs came from. You may not know whether John the Baptist ate roots or grasshoppers. You may not know all the theological things, but there's something that no one can take from you. And that is your witness that you have seen something, something as powerful as God to change you and make you what you are today and listen I've got a testimony you've heard me share my testimony I was one way that was opposite of all that God is and he took me into himself and made me the person I am today and he's not done yet please be patient and so so God is still working and you've witnessed him in such a manner you have a testimony and you don't have to know every book of the Bible or where it was written you just have to say to them God loves you and he will change your life he will do for you what he's done for me and they cannot take your testimony from you and they overcame him who the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony because i've seen something i've seen something turn to your neighbor and say have you seen something And the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you and he will make you a witness. And so God is looking for us to partner with him. And and you say, well, God doesn't need us, you know. God doesn't need us. He's all self-sufficient, self-reliant. He doesn't need nothing. But in his sovereignty, he has decided to need us. Praise the Lord. And if it could be done by others, then it would be. Angels would come down, get everybody saved, whatever the case may be. But when uh, Peter, you know, got released uh, from prison, you know, by the angel, the angel told him, go stand in the temple and preach all the words of this life. Well, why don't you go and do that, Mr. Angel? There's legions of angels. Man, we could get this whole thing taken care of. God in his sovereignty has placed the responsibility upon us. People with skin on still. This is the right to carry the gospel. You're born again, child of God. Now he's commanding us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Again, don't be uh, caught up with the word preach. Tell your story. And not everybody's gone to prison and, and have that kind of story. But look, if you got saved at eight years old, you've seen something. You've seen what God has done for you. You've seen what God has done for your family. You've seen how God has supplied your need. You've seen the goodness of God. You don't have to be stuck on stupid for a a certain period of time to be a witness. 
Many of us have a long time of stupid. And Paul said, I become all things to all people that I might win some. And so we are uh, considering the fish, okay? So number one, you need patience, right? But there is a certain intuitiveness about uh, uh, fishing as well. Uh, because, uh, because uh, I mean, I've been with Mr. Warren, the master fisherman here, and, and we go out to the lake, and he's, we're going in the boat, and lake means huge, you know? It's like, where are we going? We're going to go fishing. I'm thinking, isn't this water? Can't we go fishing here? <laughs> and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. Then he sees a little cove, he's like, and so I'm like, okay, here we are. We're going to go fishing there. And then we, we, we get up, and he gets his little, he take, takes the, the little, little uh, trolling thing out. He puts that in the water, and he turns that puppy on, and he's got his little, his little pedal, and he's like, <laughs> and we go into those little coves where there's little patties, you know, and, he, and he'll help me out sometimes, he's like, throw, it, throw it right in there, throw it right in there. And I'm like, I'm like you know, and, and I'm up on the mountain on a rock, I'm like, I saw that going differently in my mind right there. And he's like, you know, we got to get my hook off of a rock, you know. So then every once in a while, I get it right in the money. He's like, oh, that was a good cast. Like, ah, yes. And it's just so there's an intuitiveness about witnessing as well. Knowing where fish are, where they're going to be, and, and what is it that's in there? What, what should I throw out there to them in order to get them? Uh, because, you know, there's times like, uh, there's catfish. You can throw a Hershey's candy bar out there, and they're like, you know. And, you know a, a greasy hot dog is the best. Something greasy, you know. That's catfish. But, but there, then there's, there's the trout where you have to really be quiet when you come up to the water. And you bloop, like, you know, and then and then that rooster tail. That boy, they just love them little rooster tails. You know, and 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 then the, there's striper, and there's all these different types of fish. And I've been out on on the ocean fishing for albacore tuna, and what a wonderful rush, you know. And and you have live bait for them, and we we lower the little fish down there. It's about 15, 20 feet to the water, and and that fish gets in the water. That little fish on your hook, it's on your hook, and it's alive, and it's going out there, and you're like, ha, 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 oh boy, and you leave your bail open, and that puppy's going out there, and all of a sudden you see this black flash coming out from the bottom of the water. This great big beast of a fish is coming after your fish. And you're like, oh, and bam. And it's like, and you're locking them up. You know, you got one on. You got one on. And oh my goodness, the final fish sticking out in your arm, your neck. And you get up there and they, they bring it up with a hook and bring the fish on board and there's blood everywhere. And you put another fish on and you do it again. Another one on and you're thinking, what in the world was I thinking? Because your arms are just so tired. <laughs> Man, what a rush. And I'm telling you, that does not compare. Some of the greatest experiences that I've had with the Lord and the greatest joy I've ever experienced is when I've prayed with people to receive Jesus Christ. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't just last for a little bit. It's just, thank God we've saved another one. All of heaven rejoices. It's not just you because you caught a fish. It's all of heaven. 
And you have blessed your father and, and, the, and the purpose he sent his son for. You are fulfilling. The greatest cause you are still in your body for is fishing. And there's individual fishing and there's corporate fishing. And we're looking for people to join with us. In, in, in every way in order to reach our city. Again, we live in a, a, a valley that has over 2 million people in it. And, uh, and, and that meaning people that are on record, people that are off record. <laughs> if you speak Spanish, then praise God. Let's, let's get after it. We have a Spanish fellowship back here at 1230, and we, we have both the Spanish and English tracks. Let's just go out there and preach the gospel. And I, I, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, but I'll try for the gospel's sake. Yeah. I'll be like, Jesus y Cristo in el corazón. They're like, what are you saying? Oh, you speak English. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? That's we're called to the world. I, I really am ashamed of myself that I don't speak Spanish better, to be honest. But I'm working on it, and I will continue to work on it. Why? Is because they're, they're fish. There are people. There's, there's 500,000 Hispanic people here in our valley. I mean, we need to preach the gospel to every person. Glory to God. So, so patience is, is, is required, an intu- intuition of where to go. I tell you what, uh, for instance, uh, you know, my, my little lily pad area where, where I believe there's good fish is anywhere I shop. Costco, Walmart. Oh, my goodness. There's some peculiar people at Walmart. Walmart is like the best it's like, woo! Like, it's like they stock Walmart with fish. <laughs> I'm serious, the easiest place to get people saved. Uh, and, and, and just share the gospel with people. And uh, typically, uh, people there are pretty open, just to be honest. And so I'll, I'll be shopping, and they'll, people, it's, it's like I have, I'm a magnet for people to talk to me, you know, and tell me all of their problems. And I'm like, oh, you know, praise the Lord. You know, do I, I could have a ball cap on backwards, just came from the gym. I look nothing like a pastor. <laughs> but they're like, that guy wants to hear what I have to say. <laughs> but again, it's, and, and then I'm able to share the gospel with them, and, 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 uh, and I don't even have to have a big pole. don't even have to have a, a real heavy line for that. I just, it's real simple. Oh, come on. It's all right. Come on. Oh. Pull it out of water. Look at you. Easy. Easy. And again, you don't have to uh, have the theological world, uh, you know, down. You don't have to have a doctorate in theology you have an experience that you've seen. You've done what Jesus does. Do you understand? And, and we shouldn't stay at the same level of, of fishing, you know. Uh, we shouldn't always be at the same place fishing. You understand? Eventually, you're going to get good at going out there. Your intuition grows. Your ability to understand the fish, read the fish, know the weather, all the details about fishing. Praise God. 
with Peter. He's like, man, we were out all night. These are professionals. We were all all night. And that happens. Yeah, I mean, I just have to say, you know, Warren's been skunked a few times. You know what I'm saying? As great as he is at fishing. So we can't allow that to discourage us when people don't accept Christ. That, that doesn't mean we have an out. We are to proclaim his goodness and continue to share his goodness and fill the house of God. We have, you know, upwards of 1,100 seats in this church. We have an 8 a.m. service, a 10 a.m. service, a 6.30 service, a Wednesday service. We need to believe God to fill these pews. And prayer, of course, we do. But it's time for us to take our responsibility because we can't do it ourselves. We need you. We need you to step up to the plate. Many of you feel like, well, who's going to listen to me? Well, I tell you what. Just as many who will listen to me. <laughs> I'm not special. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the Lord knows I'm special, but I mean, that's different, you know. <laughs> it's like short bus, you know. <laughs> but God uses imperfect people to do perfect things. Do you hear what I said? God uses imperfect people to do perfect things. The gospel is perfect. Jesus is perfect. Amen? And we've been entrusted to carry his perfect gospel. Our imperfect selves. This, this boat right here, it's not perfect. But you float that on the water, and it will cause you to be in a place where you can catch fish. You can go uh, to different places that you couldn't go just from the bank. It's an imperfect boat. Uh, we got this boat for 100 bucks. Friday. <laughs> Hats off to the media department. This is the second time Ivan has gone, launched out into wheeling and dealing for a boat. The last time we sold it right from the platform. I think we paid two fifty, and uh, I said, "said Hey, this, yeah, we got a good deal on this." And, you know, I said, "Who wants to buy it?" And everybody laughed. I said, "No, I'm serious." <laughs> Somebody met me at the door over there and said, "I'll buy it for that much." He just said, "All right, praise the Lord." But this one's not for sale. We're tired of running to somewhere. This will be available in the back if you want to go fishing. This will be, praise God. Probably does need some work because it's really definitely not perfect. <laughs> but I'm grateful to uh, the media department for helping. Praise God. And uh, he and AJ went and uh, got this net from Bass Pro. If you're lusting after this net, this would be used for uh, shad to catch chat, which are actually bait fish, glory to God. So anyways, isn't that right, Warren, this would be used for Chad? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so then you, then you um, if you know, like my uncle was a commercial fisherman, and uh, he had his own boat, of course, in Alaska. They would catch uh, loads of salmon back in the day, and it took a whole team to be able to do that. And uh, they, would, they would use a team to get the salmon, and then they would also use a team to pull up their crab um, pots where they would have these great big king crab. And, uh, and my uncle had a seafood shop, always um, had a, a great amount of fish 
around him his whole life. And my mom worked for that shop. So we always enjoyed um, fresh fish all the time as, as I was growing up. And uh, so, so we need uh, fresh fish Amen. all the time. Fresh fish. And uh, I want to, to read to you um, real quick here uh, a prophecy by Brother... Really? Warren, could you come here and help me? <laughs> See, I, I need now, I need help just for not even with any fish in it, you know? <laughs> but uh, anyways, oh no, now it's got my notes. <laughs> there you go. Praise God. But I'd like to, thank you, Warren. Appreciate your help. Yeah, give Warren a big hand. <laughs> But um, Brother Hagen um, is interesting. Uh, in the very beginnings of our church, um, we we started the church in December of uh, twenty. Excuse me, no, nineteen eighty-two, and uh, this prophecy was given like in April of eighty-three. So just a few months into the birth of our church, uh, Brother Hagen gave a prophecy. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a powerful prophecy. Um, but uh, this was, of course, at one of his conferences. But he said this, and I really believe it's yet to be um, fully realized. And uh, so in the middle of that prophecy, was this, this was said. It said, for the Lord God is the same God today as he was yesterday. His power has not diminished, and his name is still the same. Today he can, he can make the iron axe head to float. Today he can divide the river just for two men to cross over on the other side. Today he can feed 5,000 with a little boy's lunch. He is the miracle-working God. Brag on him, lift him up, draw attention to him, tell about how great he is, get up in faith and tell what great things he's going to do. And he'll move and keep his word with you. And many shall be astonished. But the greatest miracle of all is that there will be so many fish caught in the net that the nets can't hold them. There won't be church houses enough to hold the people. For the purpose of it all is that you may be fishers of men. Hallelujah. Quit fishing. Quit fishing in your bathtub. <laughs> Ouch. There's, no, <laughs> there's not any fish in your ba own bathtub. Go out where the fish are and throw out the net. Not the hook, the net. And pull it in and bring them in. And so it's, it's, a, it's a call for a corporate evangelism, a corporate uh, involvement, as I said. Uh, we can do the one-on-one, -on -one, which we should. We should never stop doing that. But there is a corporate anointing on our church at large to reach our city and to bring in the harvest. Y'all with me? How many could partner with us? Let me just see a show of hands. How many of you can partner with us and commit to being a witness sharing the goodness of God with people, telling them how good he's been to you and what he's done for you because I know that you can do this. And the devil, he'll try and condemn you. Say, well, you're not qualified. You cussed yesterday. And, you know, I don't encourage you to cuss, of course, uh, but certainly don't let uh, cussing stop you from sharing the goodness of God with people. But he'll condemn you. If it ain't cussing, it's something else. You had a thought. I'm like, well, thoughts, those are just arrows, and we cast thoughts down. 
And oftentimes, uh, Satan will tell you that thought was who you are. No, no, thoughts are just thoughts. It's like birds can fly over, uh, maybe even land, but don't let them make a nest. Those are thoughts. So we cast down those thoughts, and we get back to the business. You make a mistake, what do you do? Father, forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Bada bing, bada boom, hallelujah. (laughs) Get it right. It's that quick. Turn from that, turn towards God, get back to fishing. Everybody say, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, so, uh, so he tells us to, to throw out the nets and pull it in and bring them in. And the glory of the Lord shall shine and the end time shall come. And you'll stand in the place of ministry that you've not stood in before. And you will stand in the place that's been ordained for you from the foundation of the earth. Praise the Lord.